Hello and welcome to The Positive Pod. Ever had a big decision to make? Found yourself stuck? Ever had your mind blown by how people make other decisions? This week, we're going to take a look at how that works. Did you ever sit thinking with a thousand things on your mind? A number of years ago, I found myself at a crossroads trying to make a huge decision. And boy, did I find myself stuck. And at the same time, I was trying to understand why other people made certain decisions that just blew my mind. And then I read about something called loss aversion. And the results of that reading and that research absolutely opened things up for me. So let's jump right in and take a look at what that means. Why do people make the choices that they make? Why does somebody walk into an electronics retailer and buy one television versus another? Why does somebody walk into a restaurant and order something off the menu versus something else? Why might somebody vote for one political candidate and not vote for another? Why might people not do what's objectively better for them? All of these questions have been pondered by behavioral economists, psychologists, market researchers, retail business folks for years and years and years. And the answer comes down to one thing, and that's called loss aversion. In Dan Ariely's early work, Dan Ariely is a behavioral economist. He got really interested in why people make the choices that they make. And he began to sort of develop and, and play with this concept that had been in the literature before called loss aversion. People will act first not to lose something that is of value to them, and only secondarily will they act to gain something. And, and that actually speaks to why someone may buy one television versus another. The example that Dan Ariely points out in his excellent book, Predictably Irrational, are that retailers will typically present you with three choices, TVs, for example. One will have will be the Cadillac of TVs. It'll have every feature. It'll be the highest priced item. That will be grouped with two other items. One is sort of a middle of the road item, and the other is a stripped down version of that. When placed in the position to have three choices, one being stripped down, one being the, the high-end version, and one in the middle, most people will choose the one in the middle. Why? Loss aversion. Most people won't spend the huge amount of money to buy the top-of-the-line piece of equipment. They're also not willing to lose all of the cool features that that has, and that guides them to this middle product that is the compromise. I'll lose less of the big features, but I'll also not lose all of the money that I would have lost if I bought the most expensive item. When we begin to apply that principle to other areas, we can see really clearly how things play out. Take, for example, why someone might buy one car versus another. You, you may fall in love with some of the features of the really nice car and not want to lose those, while at the same time, 
you realize that the, the, the top of the line car is out of your budget. But boy, if they can offer you a couple models in between that offer you the, the chance to, to maximize your loss avoidance, you're probably going to choose those in between. Uh, if you walk into uh, an Outback Steakhouse tomorrow, you're always going to find lamb on the menu. Do a lot of people like lamb? Well, some people do. But the reason that lamb's there is it's basically a placeholder. It's, it tends to be a top-priced item. Not many people are going to buy, but it allows a couple of lesser-priced items that may be a little bit more popular to be, to be placed just underneath it. Most people, when they go into a restaurant, consumer research has shown from a loss aversion standpoint, aren't going to buy the most expensive thing on the menu. But boy, if they're looking for a good time, they might buy the second most or third most expensive things on the menu. And that's where the things that a retailer really wants to sell are going to be positioned. Think about this concept of loss aversion. We can then broaden that idea out towards why might someone vote for a particular political candidate versus another. The same principle of loss aversion applies. So person A represents less of a loss than person B. I'm going to vote for person A. And if person B can show me that that she represents less of a loss than person A, then I'll vote for person B. It comes down to how will I lose less of what's most important to me. So when we start to wonder things like, you know, well, why might other folks make certain decisions? It's really helpful to think about loss aversion as a primary driver of human behavior and gain as only a secondary driver of that behavior. Boy, if it were all about gain, if it were all about what what was best, we'd buy the best TV. We'd buy the most fancy car. We'd eat all of our vegetables because, boy, I mean, all the science says that that's what's best for us, right? We would get the most bang for that. We would all be strict health food eaters because we would all want to maximize our health benefits in what we ate. I mean, when you think about it from a nutritional standpoint, the gain of the healthy eating isn't quite good enough to get us there for most of us, right? It's not quite good enough to get us eating nuts and seeds. Now, some of us do because that's incredibly important to us. And the loss of our health is the primary driver and we begin, or we just like that food. I mean, that's possible too. But loss aversion tends to be our primary human motivator, while gain is only a secondary motivator. Well, how do I make the decisions that are best for me? Here's the good news. The research has indicated, and I'm looking now at a, an article um, called Loss Aversion Correlates with Propensity to Deploy Model-Based Control by Solway, Lorenz, and Montague. This is from 2019 from Fr- Frontiers in Psychology. And basically, what, the, what these researchers found is there's a mitigating factor to this loss aversion thing, and the mitigating factor is the ability to see multiple outcomes down the line. So if you want to make sure that your decisions are really and truly based in you know, kind of what's best for you, and you want to, you want to control for that loss aversion factor in your decision-making, the best thing we can do is try to, try to project out multiple scenarios for each decision, right? So if I made this choice, if I were, if I made the choice to buy the most expensive car, what would that mean? Okay, I I might have, I might really like the fact that it's got a touchscreen in it, for example. The flip side of that is I'm also going to be out another, you know, 75 or 100 bucks a month. How is that going to be helpful to me moving forward? 
and now to project the next outcome. Say I buy the next most, uh, next least expensive car. Uh, it won't have a touchscreen, but it will have a number of the features that I like. Uh, how will that impact my future? Or if I buy the cheapest car, um, you know, I may lose some features, but how will that impact my future? And by carefully considering each of the potential outcomes and weighing those against what's most valuable to us, we avoid that, that sort of the more toxic effect of the loss aversion effect, and we make sure that we're making decisions that can benefit us in the best possible way. So carrying that same concept forward, we were going to vote for candidate A, kind of projecting out what would the world look like at that point? What would we gain from that? Again, start with that gain comparison. What are my priorities? What do I most hope to get uh, out of this political outcome? And then plug person B into that same scenario. If, person, uh, if I vote for person B and they win, what do I gain out of that scenario? What's most important to me? Uh, and then we can take a look at what's most important to me personally, what's make most important societally, perhaps what's most important to me in terms of my values and priorities. Doing that, we then begin to base our decision making in what could be possibly best for us as opposed to what we might lose. So there's a quick look at loss aversion and how it can influence our decision making. Again, I will post links to all the articles that we've talked about in the description. Hopefully this helps you take a look at how you can use what's best for you and gain to make decisions in a way that's best for you. Join us next time on The Positive Pod as we get some good in our life. I am going to leave you with the incomparable Bessie Smith. Have a great day, everybody. Did you ever sit thinking with a thousand things on your mind? Thinking about someone who has treated you so nice and kind. Then you get a That you don't want me no more Have you got the nerve to say That you 